Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lincoln Journal Stars Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Jess, your hosts, as usual. Amy, we're at the, we're at the point of the year where not one, not two, we got three sports to talk about today. It's it's seriously getting into crossover season for you. Well, it's technically four. Basketball is one sport. Men and women, that's two different teams. Sports. I said sports. Three sports, four teams. As long as Clarify. you recognize. They're on the list. I know. <laughs> but, of course, we, uh, we'll give you a little bit of an update on Nebraska volleyball, as we always do. But what we're alluding to, uh, we promised some basketball season previews. Uh, we'll talk about both the women's and the men's teams, about the roster, their season outlook a little bit, and we'll close things off uh, with football like we always do. Another big win for the football team. Uh, we'll, of course, discuss that, how close they are to bowl eligibility. Uh, but starting things off, as we usually do here, uh, talking about the volleyball team, um, two really nice home wins, sweep in Maryland, um, 3-0. Harper Murray had 16 kills, uh, hit 423 in that one, and Followed it up with another 3 nothing sweep over Rutgers. Now 21-0. That's a one heck of a record in a tough, tough conference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of the best starts that they've had in a long time. Uh, the 2008 team, of course, started 20-0. Um, 2006, they started 23-0. Uh, and, and then 2005, 28-0. And then, dare I say, the 2000 team went undefeated the whole way. So... It's not that it hasn't been done, but it's been a while since uh, a Nebraska team has had a hot, of, as hot of start as they're on right now. Absolutely. And of course, I mean, you get these teams coming in too. And I mean, they there were a couple of tight sets in those two sweeps, but both of them, it seemed like second and third sets, like they they made the adjustments, you know, they're ready to pull away, um, which is, uh, of course, a, a sign of a, a great talented team like that. And Got to give a shout out to Bergen Riley, like we always do. Big Ten Freshman of the Week once again. Did they give out like if they give out like a plaque or something? She'd have a, a giant stack of those by the end of the year. Yeah, and it's not just her, right? So she's had. I think this is her second Freshman of the Week, and then she's had multiple Setter of the Week awards as well. Um, I think there's been five or six different Huskers who've won at least one Big Ten Weekly award. Um, it's crazy because Merritt has won a couple. Lexi's won one. Uh, Krause's won one. Harper Murray's won several. And then Bergen's won several. So far. Like, that's crazy. And Andy Jackson should probably get one at one point, too. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, very clear. Not just one player. It's all of them um, combining and, and having different matches, too, where um, they excel. So, yeah. Lots of awards, recognition to go around for them, and a big, big road match coming up this week. They'll they'll go to Rutgers again, uh, but first up, they're they're going to go to Penn State. Uh, Penn State ranked number sixteen. Uh, Nebraska handled them when they played them at home, but that's a tough place to play, and always a, a well coached, very talented team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Penn State will make the adjustments from the last match. I was very surprised 
that Nebraska swept them. Uh, that's just not a team that you sweep. So I know Penn State will be ready uh, for this weekend. Yeah, going to be interesting to see how many sets that goes, how Nebraska reacts uh, to playing again, one of those top teams in the Big Ten as this regular season uh, continues on, chasing that uh, that undefeated record, some more big matches uh, for the volleyball team coming up this week. But Yeah, and um, some news that came out earlier today. Um, obviously, this is way later, but uh, Iowa announced that the Nebraska match in mid-November is already sold out. Very first, cool. First volleyball yeah. sellout for Iowa ever. I mean, every everywhere Nebraska mm-hmm. goes, big crowds tend Huge to follow, crowds. right? Yeah. yeah, and it's the support um, that they've seen everywhere has been pretty cool. And I mean, if you're just a local volleyball fan, I mean, number one team in the nation coming in, that's a, that's a big draw. Yeah, might as well, right? Absolutely. So wanted to uh, move on to talking basketball, want to dedicate plenty of time, of course, to, to preview the women's and the men's seasons. Uh, we'll start off with the women's team. We kind of talked a little bit of uh, about them, you know, when it was opening night, you know, a few weeks ago, but now we're getting re- a lot closer to the season. You know, we kind of spoke about how the expectations were there, you know, returning talent, players coming in for this women's team. And uh, they started things off exhibition win 83-47 over Dakota Wesleyan. Uh, the starting five from that game, by the way, Darian White, Jazz Shelley, Maddie Kroll, Kendall Coley, and Alexis Markowski. Uh, those were the starting five. Allison Widener out with a season-ending knee injury. We already talked about that. But um, any surprises to you at all seeing that that five? Not necessarily. You thought maybe Ani Stewart sure. would get the nod there, but you know, Kendall Coley has made a really big jump in this offseason uh, from all indications. So, I'm um, yeah, I'm not really surprised with that. Um, but also, Ani and Kendall Moriarty are, uh, just because they're not starters, they'll, they'll definitely be in the mix and maybe they'll work their way into the starting lineup at some point this season. So, yeah, I'm going to be really interested to see how they treat um, that spot, uh, especially you know, with Allison Widener, I mean, she's phenomenal. And just, I know we talked about this earlier, but it's just really getting that she's out for the season again. Yeah. I mean, it would, this discussion would be a lot different, you know, if she was with the team, if we we're talking about, you know, their expectations and everything. And I, I don't think that's going to change a whole lot because right. I mean, they're, they're a motivated group, you know, they know what they can achieve, but having her in there would always provides a big spark, um, a lot to the team. So yeah, it'll, It'll be a big loss to be without Widener. And also worth noting, uh, Maggie Mendelson, two-sport mm-hmm. athlete. She is, of course, still in season with the volleyball team. They're still uh, they're kind of doing some important stuff right now. So it's going to be a little while until uh, she gets to rejoin the basketball team. Yeah, she'll be back in December is usually when that happens. So they give her like a little bit of a break in between volleyball season and basketball season for her, right? Basketball season's yep. well underway for them, but they give her a little bit of a break and then um, she goes over. Um, but she doesn't come in cold, which is nice because she tries to get in one uh, session just shooting, uh, getting out there on the floor um, just to, you know, make sure she doesn't lose those skills, right? So, she doesn't come in completely cold. Uh, she does do a little bit of basketball work during the season. Yeah, that's obviously a, a really unique situation for her. And I, I do think it's it's good to give her a little bit of time off, too, because you talk about kind of player health and, you know, well-being. You know, you can imagine how stressful 
um, you know, the physical demands of getting ready for volleyball and basketball. I mean, it's it's a lot. So give a couple of days, you know, hopefully get her to full strength uh, because she was a, a very important post player down the stretch last year. Yeah, absolutely. And they're definitely going to need her. Um, and hopefully she can have uh, fresh legs, so to speak, when she comes back. That's right. And also worth noting, um, the freshmen coming in, um, forwards Natalie Potts and Jessica Petrie, uh, guard Logan Nisley. These are all uh, potential contributors for this team. I think Potts had a, a really good game there on the exhibition game. So maybe something to watch her status if she's going to get a lot of playing time here early in the year. But um, not necessarily a case where I'm not sure these freshmen are going to need to come in and, you know, they need a ton of minutes from them right away. But you're going to think that Amy Williams is going to try to rotate them in as much as possible. Oh, yeah. She's really high on all three of them. Um, Jess uh, intrigues me a lot. Um, I think she has a lot of upside and can do some really special things, but I don't know how quickly uh, Mm -hmm. that will come across. Rather, maybe she'll, you know, break out in like January, February-ish. But yeah, they're all really interesting. And I'm excited to see just how they become a part of the team and kind of mesh together. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at these non-conference games to start the year, and it's usually one of those things where, you know, the, the stars are out there a lot. If they can, you know, build that lead up, you know, get those younger players, depth players some time there uh, later on in those games, that's uh, that's huge for, for later in the season. And They did last year. I remember their opening match. They scored 100 points, and they did not go to the free throw line once. It was bizarre. And a lot of the younger players got... Uh, some time in that one. Yeah, there were there were some major blowouts there at the, the start were. of last season. So we'll see what the women's team does this year, by the way. Uh, their season opener on Monday, uh, November 6th. It's 12 o'clock noon game. Um, Northwestern State coming to Lincoln uh, to open, open things up. And also a, a road game there right away. Second game of the year for them. They'll head to Wyoming. Uh, so that should be a good test for them. That's a good program. And just looking at the November slate in total, I mean, Creighton's coming to town. Nebraska will be going to St. Petersburg for a couple non-conference games, too. I think you get the sense that uh, this November is going to challenge the team a little bit. Yeah, and I think that'll be good for them. Um, you know, they had such high expectations last year um, and then just didn't quite get out of the gate the way they wanted to. And they're going to be challenged really early. Um, Wyoming is a very good team. Um, they've got some other really good teams in the non-conference like Creighton, which is like two games later, right? Yep. So it's going to be, um, a really interesting start to the season for them. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, returning veteran core, but still some new things to get sorted out. Uh, so we'll see how the women's team handles that start. And again, uh, plenty of expectations. Uh, they're expecting good things postseason play. Uh, so we'll see what transpires there as they start up their season, but, Want to talk about the men's basketball team, too. You know, we'll want to talk about the same thing, right? Starting five, you know, schedule. But before we get into that, I mean, there has been some crazy random injuries, I guess. We'll call them injuries. Um, the first one, really weird. Uh, Nebraska forward Rink Mask uh, was the victim of a, quote, random act of violence. That's what Fred Hoiberg, head coach Fred Hoiberg, deemed it um, earlier this month. According to a Lincoln police report, uh, Mass was knocked off a scooter that he was riding in downtown Lincoln. Uh, so weird. So weird. It's really just disheartening. Like, I don't understand how somebody could do that to somebody else. Yeah. And then 
just in general. And then Rank is one of the nicest people. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, glad he's like, okay. He was on the bench for, uh, their, uh, the game that they had earlier this year. Yeah. I, why couldn't I think of that word? <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. Too many things, too many things going I on. I know. I'm yeah. just like, anyway, uh, I work with words for a living. Um, but yeah, I just, why would you do that to somebody? Like, Oh, that makes me so frustrated and upset, but I'm glad he's okay. Um, it could have been worse. Um, you know, I like to think of Lincoln as being a relatively safe yeah. city, just knowing the, some of the places where I've lived before. Um, but yeah, downtown Lincoln, there's definitely been a violence problem down there uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, you're you're totally correct in saying like this is something that goes beyond basketball, of course. Like this is just rank living his life just like randomly got attacked. Like, yeah, that's... and it wasn't. Was it like 930 or something yeah. like that? a normal time to be out. And even if he was out at a not normal time, still doesn't excuse somebody doing like I it breaks my brain that people have that in their hearts. Yeah. So obviously I mean I, I know all of us were we're interested in in learning more details if possible to, you know, see what happens there. Um of course, you know, wanting Rink to be recovered. It doesn't sound like it's going to be something that's going to keep him out for a long time. Just kind of some minor issues, hopefully coming off of that. But definitely not what you wanted for one of your your top starting players. No, he was over the moon when we were up in uh, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was representing Nebraska at media days, and it's really insightful and really thoughtful and really excited about you know what was to come for the season and. Not how you want it to start. Yeah. And of course, he, he'll he still get that chance. Might take a, a couple games. You know, we don't know exactly when he will be back and fully healthy. And it's also a topic of conversation for the star man of this team, guard Casey Tomanaga. Um, Nebraska recently coming off an exhibition win over Doan. And it's one of those things where exhibition game, you know, just want to get the team out there, get them fresh, avoid injury. That would be the main goal. Well, Casey kind of got his ankle twisted up on. Um, could be, could have been worse, I think, was the general reaction to that. You know, could have, you could really severely, you know, sprain or or something like that. But for now, he, he he's going to be out for a little bit, it sounds like, but not not the most long-term injury, hopefully. Hope not. Yeah. Um, considering Nebraska only had like, what, five scholarship players available for they were down most of the team. scrimmage yeah. against Stone because Josiah Alec is still working back from his injury. Uh, Blaze not Blaze didn't play because he's still working back from his ankle injury. Uh, Alec is in ankle as well, and then Juwan Gary has been suspended. Um, not sure how long that will be. So, yeah, they were uh, pretty thin uh, yeah. this weekend. Um, so, I, I am hopeful just for their sake that Casey can you know come back as soon as possible or. Yeah, there's just a lot going on with basketball. I felt like I was on vacation this past weekend <laughs> and just like constant updates of like, what's going on? Wait a minute. What? Like, I felt like whiplash uh, when I heard about rank and then, you know, checking Twitter on my flight about the, the exhibition game. And I'm just like, wait, how, who's all hurt? Like, yeah, it's 
if I had a hard time keeping track of football injuries, I mean, basketball is not helping much either. Yeah, you think you know what's happening and then a week goes by and half the team's out. You're like, what's, what's going on here? So, I mean, honestly, it's it's worth talking about what does this starting five look like? And of course, I mean, it's going to look differently in this first game of the year versus, you know, game five, game 10. But assuming, you know, all the players get back, get fully healthy, what do you think a potential starting five would look like for this team? Yeah. Um, so point guard, it'll either be Jamarcus or Bogey. Yeah. I'm still not entirely sure which one it'll be there. Uh, obviously, Casey. And then from there, I think it depends on the size of the team that they're playing mm-hmm. and how they want it to go. So like Bryce Williams uh, would be a really good spot there um at the three but if they want to go smaller you put cj there i think um joan gary is whatever he gets back from whatever happened um be your four um but maybe it's josiah and then uh your big would be rank yeah. again whenever he gets back mm-hmm. uh felt like that came with a lot of caveats but yeah i mean half half the lineup if not more, is is out right now. I mean, it's seriously some personnel uh, concerns about, you know, what this Nebraska team is going to look like, you know, maybe first couple games of the year. And But at the same time, you know, if you think, well, say everybody's healthy, I mean, they'll feel pretty good about the first unit, second unit. I mean, there's depth there to help kind of deal with some of this. And of course, you mentioned Boogie Coleman, CJ Wilcher uh, will also be a key backup guard, Blaze Kata. Um, you know, had some good moments last year. They'll count on him as well, too. So if he can step up, if Mast is out, that would be key. Um, And again, those are those are the kind of issues that they're going to have to worry about because, hey, season starts Monday. Same as everybody else. Lindenwood coming to Nebraska. uh, That'll be a night game, 7 p.m. tip um, to start things off. And honestly, I mean, looking at Nebraska's November slate, it's a little bit different uh, from what I pointed out there for the women's team, because there's a whole lot of home games, a whole lot of teams that maybe didn't make previous NCAA tournaments. And of course, there is a nice trip to uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They'll play Oregon State there. But I was saying this to you the other day. I mean, no true road games for this Nebraska team until December 6th when they play a conference game at Minnesota. Quite interesting. Yeah, I feel like this might not be the sexiest or the most exciting non-conference slate, but it'll help this group build some confidence, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they have injury situations to deal with, that, you know, the game is not necessarily in jeopardy. Yep. Um, if you're down, hopefully not as many guys as we're out on Sunday. But, um, yeah, I think it's a potential to get a lot of different guys and a lot of different lineups and playing time together. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the big 10 conference slate is very challenging. So many games out there that I think it makes a lot of sense to get some non-conference games out there, you know, work out some of those issues, um, try to develop as a team. So I think that was probably part of the methodology with that. And again, um, starting things off, of course, on this Monday, they'll also play the Thursday after that, uh, Florida A&M coming to Lincoln. So those are first two games up for the men's basketball team. And, um, you know, they're, they're hoping for big things. Like I said, I mean, you know, there's, uh, with Casey coming back, Rink coming in, Josiah, I mean, 
there's a lot of optimism around this team when when all those pieces come together. Yeah, absolutely. They just need to come together. Yeah. <laughs> Get healthy. Yeah. That's the key. And that's uh, that's been a topic for the football team, too. Nice little uh, segue there mm-hmm. <laughs> as we move into our uh, our weekly football portion of the podcast. And it was a big one that uh, Nebraska won 31-14 over Purdue, improved to 5-3 and three on the season. Um I'm not sure how much of the game I, <laughs> gave me caught. I got to watch a significant portion okay, of it. Um, you know, I was getting my hair done in the fourth quarter, and I'm, like, listening, and I hear, you know, Jeff Sims, and I'm like, what? And I, like, <laughs> run back over. I'm like, what's happening? Uh, so I did, like, miss some things. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see uh, that hit for Heinrich. Um, obviously, I've gone back and watched some of yeah, it, too, yeah. but— yeah, no, I I watched more than you would think, and I sent some tweets out, but it was mostly about the fumbles. I think is what I uh, was tweeting about. Yeah, no, no normal fourth quarters. That's always that's no. always going to be the case. But I think just uh, breaking down this game a little bit real quick, uh, kind of the same formula we've seen in le- in recent weeks. I mean, limited offense. Uh, they had one really really good touchdown drive. Harburg popped that long touchdown pass to Jalen Lloyd as well. That was huge. Emma Johnson had another good game. He seems to be really coming on in that role at starting running back. But once again, I mean, it was it was the defense that got the job done. Purdue, less than 200 yards of offense. Uh, they finally forced some turnovers, which was key. Tommy Hill, a couple of picks. Jamari Butler forced a fumble. And Quentin Newsom, also a big game from him. He recovered that fumble. Uh, was there for a blocked field goal to take that all the way to the house. I mean, that was just absolutely vital, that series, because... That was 14-0 Nebraska. Field goal would have made it 14-3. Instead, you block it, take it back, 21-0. I mean, that was that was the that was the play that that sealed that game. Yeah, I remember watching that. I'm just like, finally. Like they have tried to go after that block all season mm-hmm. long. And it finally just worked out just right to make it work in their favor. And it couldn't have happened for a better guy in Quentin. I mean, I wanted to ask this to Ed Foley today, but didn't get the opportunity. It's just you have a defensive starter, a guy who is a single-digit jersey wearer, embracing multiple roles on special teams. He's not just on one unit. He's on multiple. And, like That has to do so much for just like the culture of special teams that they want to instill. It shows the younger guys that, yeah, just because you are – a starter on defense and you're basically one of our leaders you're not too good for special teams and for him to have the amount of success that he had not just with those plays but also with uh jumping on that muffed punt yep. earlier in the game like that has to do so much for them and i'm happy for him he absolutely deserved it yeah and i think the other big thing too for the special teams unit is I think Ed Foley, this was a long time ago, like when he first got introduced or one of our first times talking to him, like he kind of talked about how with with some of these things, like you only want to, you're, you're only going to block maybe one kick a year. Like as long as you can get one block in, you know, block field goal, block punt, you know, whatever sort of game changing special teams play. I mean, that is a good season if you can block one play. And I mean, they got seven points there. I mean, that was a mm-hmm. huge, huge play. Exactly what you want for special teams. Yeah. And they had a, a punt block earlier this year too Mm -hmm. so yeah getting the job done yeah getting the job done no no kidding but i mean there's definitely some 
improvements that they need to make on special teams too. Um, yep. Good and bad, definitely from that game. Yes, um, their punt return unit needs a lot of help, and Ed did not shy away from that today. Yep. So that'll be that'll be big for him again. Billy Kemp, the normal punt returner, he's been out. So Alex Bullock was the guy in that spot last week. Um, had that fumble, and then they kind of shied away from returning punts after that. So they'll be focusing on that. But I think the big takeaway from this one is obviously the record. I mean, they are 5-3, and three, one went away from a bowl. Um, would have been a little bit difficult to see that coming a few weeks ago. But gosh, I mean, the opportunity is there. This November slate, uh, Nebraska goes to Michigan State, will host Maryland, goes to Wisconsin, and will host Iowa to close the year. Um Best opportunity is really this week, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think all of these games are winnable. Um, I Earlier, I would have thought, you know, Maryland, maybe, maybe not. But, hey, Northwestern beat them last week. Yep. So you never know. Uh, but, yeah, no, their best opportunity to get bowl eligible is this week. And talk, sure. talking about you never know, Nebraska's tied for first in the Big Ten West. You never know. <laughs> Trip to Indy. Is it happening? I mean... I may or may not have booked some insurance hotels. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty expensive. And then if Nebraska ends up making it through the roof, Nebraska yep. fans are going to be pouncing all over that. So, um, but no, I'm not jinxing Nebraska. I book insurance hotels all the time. Uh, for the elite, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight for volleyball last year, I had hotels booked in every single possible place that they could have been. And <laughs> then, deleted all the other ones uh so not jinxing nebraska i do this all the time i'm sure marriott people love it when i do that so um, but yeah no uh, i mean it's some insight into yeah. uh, my neuroticism for sure i'm just saying the possibility is there when you're tied for the first in the division there's four games left i think and and obviously they're going to play both wisconsin and iowa two of the other teams mm -hmm. that are tied for them um I mean, there's there's opportunities there. I mean, Wisconsin has to be the favorite, right? I mean, they've they probably look the best, I would think, and they have one of the easier schedules. Um, but honestly, I mean, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, those are the four teams. I mean, it could anything can happen in this division, right? Yeah, but for and I haven't done like a full analysis yet. That'll yeah. be coming tomorrow um, as to what the road would look like. Mm -hmm. um, regardless of what happens, Nebraska needs Minnesota to keep losing. Yeah. Because they lost to him. <laughs> they did. So no. uh, if it ended up being a, a two-way tie between Nebraska and Minnesota at the end of the day, then Minnesota would get it because they have the head-to-head. -head. Yeah. So the good, the reason why there's optimism, right, for bowl eligibility and, you know, whatever happens the rest of the season is the elite defense. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they've kept Nebraska in games. They've changed games. Uh, but this offense, it continues to be a – a struggle to to put things together week to week. Um, they don't throw that much. They turn the ball over a lot. And I had to pull up the stats this week because I was like, gosh, I mean, this, this season total, they're averaging 132.2 passing yards per game, uh, fourth worst in the nation. And I was like, you know, when's the last time Nebraska's thrown for that little yardage? And you got to go back to 2003 when they averaged 109, 109.4 yards a game. Golly, that is that is something, huh? I know you don't remember that season. Not at all. <laughs> it, that was a cursed season. I'll I'll trust your word on it. <laughs> That's like one of the first seasons that I like vividly remember. Uh huh. 
And it's not a good one, huh? Bad memory. It's just like, I thought, no, like, I just remember, like, my mom being, like, a, you know, a big Nebraska fan and, like, talking about, you know, all the great, like, wins and all of that. And I'm like, this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it got a lot better, right, in the years that followed. We're going to move on. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> moving on to our, our Michigan State preview then. I mean, this is the, like I said, I mean, it's probably their best chance to get that sixth win. And the reason for that is because Michigan State began the year 2-0, lost six in a row since, and they're going through very, very similar offensive struggles to what Nebraska has experienced. Uh, their quarterback to start the year, Noah Kim, turned the ball over a lot, and they recently pivoted freshman Caden Hauser. Uh, he's been the new starter, and similar to what Heinrich Harburg, pretty limited output. Hauser not thrown for more than 130 yards uh, in these last three weeks. Uh, the one difference I think maybe you can look at this Michigan State offense, really, really good wide receivers, a really dependable running back too, and Nathan Carter. So there's skill positions surrounding them, but I think their their line has been a little bit in turmoil, a little bit of changes uh, there up front for them. That's limited their scope. And the other thing too, I mean, this is a, a Michigan State program that was known for its defense for years and years. Uh, this year, that's not really been the case, allowing 27.8 points per game that ranks 84th nationally. So a little bit below average defense for them. Some offensive struggles. I mean, they've lost quite a few in a row. It's it's kind of maybe a good time to get them. But at the same time, I mean, they're a talented team who's maybe been playing below their expectation. You know, you you expect that to balance out a little bit at some point. Yeah. And with teams, and we saw this to a point last year, when teams have their head coach fired midway through the year, like Michigan State, had with uh Mel Tucker and his malfeasance. Um it's a safe for work way <laughs> yeah, that no I kidding. could uh that I could say that. Um those teams sometimes lose their way. Mm-hmm. Um not necessarily that they lose their like will to want to do well, but are they doing all of the things that they would have done if Mel was still there, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I mean, they started two and zero, and then things uh, have gone off the rails fr- from the outside looking at that situation. So, but on the inverse of that, they have nothing to lose, mm-hmm. like you saw with Nebraska last year, spoiling Iowa's postseason. So even though they've lost six and zero. Or six in a row, excuse me. That doesn't, I wouldn't count them out because they have nothing to lose. So, yeah, it's the the psychology of uh, football teams that have their coaches fired is very fascinating to me. Because it could go a lot of different ways. Right, they can double down, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they can Le- crumble. yeah. I mean, you've kind of seen that with Northwestern a little bit. Like, they've doubled down. Like, they have far surpassed any expectations. Four wins. I mean, that's... I would have struggled to put one or two on their schedule at the start of the year, yeah. Northwestern could also very well make a bowl game. Right. They. I mean, they could... They could win the West, honestly. They could also win the West. They could win the West. It could happen. Yeah. yeah, So, I just think it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, even though Michigan State, they're struggling right now, um... Who knows what could happen in this game? It seems like every time Nebraska hits the field, it's wacky. 
Um, there's turnovers, you know, teams just forget how to play a little bit of their game, um, just kind of get dragged into the mud together. That seems like what the last few weeks have been. And that brings us to our Husker hot topic. Of course, uh, when that happens, that's favored the Nebraska defense. Uh, they're playing really well, lights out right now. But how long do we think this high level play from the Nebraska defense can last? I mean, as long as a few things happen. Number one, no more injuries. Number two, as long as they're still rotating guys at the clip that they are, guys are still having like fresher legs. So they're not getting the 80, 90 game snaps per contest. So that I think helps them when you're starting to rely on guys a little too much. Um, then you can get the the amplified version of the wear and tear feeling kind of crummy in terms of just all of the hits that you take. Um, so as long as those two things still stay status quo, I mean, I don't see why they can't continue to ride this out. Yeah, I th honestly, I for all the reasons that you listed, I agree. And I, I think it, it goes the rest of the season, honestly, because the talent is there. The mentality is there. They're all clearly bought in uh, to this defensive system and, you know, the different ideals that Tony White has has installed um, these different position groups. And I think the the big thing, right, is honestly, unless unless the offense starts, you know, holding the ball more, like scoring more, honestly, I mean, these these low scoring games where, um, you know, sometimes they're in pressure situations. I mean, they have responded so well defensively. It just seems like for as much as, you know, the offense is going to fumble the ball, as much as, you know, the defense is going to be out there for, you know, 10, 12, 14 drives a game. I mean, they seem to thrive in those situations. It's it's wild. They do. And you know what? More power to them. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's a that's a tough, a tough group of individuals who all come together. And I mean, when they're out there, it, it seems like I mean, they rotate these guys in so much. And it's like the level of play almost almost never drops, regardless of who's out there. Yeah, which that's a testament to their coaching staff. Absolutely. Tony White doing a great job. All those position coaches as well, getting that defense playing at their best. So predictions. Uh, Nebraska's going to, to East Lansing. It's a road game. Um, early morning there, morning kick uh, there at Michigan State. What do we got? I say Nebraska 21, Michigan State 9. I think it's going to be another ugly, bleh game that will probably feature maybe a defensive or special teams touchdown um, and Nebraska's defense will continue to hold serve. Nine points, three field goals for Michigan State. That's your prediction? I'm not saying that. I'm saying maybe touchdown a touchdown. Touchdown safety? I'm also not saying that. <laughs> um, I can see a missed PAT. Yeah, like some Michigan State is not in the West, but this feels like a very Big Ten West esque weirdness uh game absolutely well i was i was asking because i'm predicting a field goal fest <laughs> that is my prediction 20 to 16 nebraska uh, that's three that's three field goals for michigan state two for nebraska in the scoring prediction i just feel like they're gonna get stuck these teams are just gonna get stuck at like the 30 yard line and you know maybe that's some missed kicks maybe that's you know they get backed up and they have to punt but I feel like there's there's just going to be this game is going to be played in the middle of the field, whether that's punts or, or these teams figuring out and finally getting some scoring drives. It's I just feel like it's going to be a one score game. It's going to be tight. I respect the 
the two score margin that you have there, but I just it's gotta I feel like it's gotta be a one score game. But I would have said the same about Purdue probably. And Nebraska scored 31. So who knows? Yeah, I just think that I mean, I don't think all of those touchdowns will be offensive. Yeah. I think that, you know, they opened the floodgates last week and against Michigan State, I think it is reasonable to expect that they will keep those floodgates open. Yep. And it's a it's a huge game. There's so much on the line. Again, Nebraska going for bowl eligibility. If they clinch it this week, that would secure their first trip to a bowl game since 2016. Uh, we'll be there. We'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> yes, I'm like, which no, yes, we will be in East Lansing, yep. um, enjoying our brunch game. Absolutely, and of course, for all of you, make sure to stay tuned. Journalstar.com will have all the game news and everything leading up to it this week. I will hear more from head coach Matt Rule and preview the game as well. All of our different content going up online, and for all of you Life in the Red fans, again, hope you've enjoyed basketball preview, some volleyball updates. I will have more to come in the following weeks. That'll do it for today's episode. We'll see you next. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.